This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Warby Parker, stylish and affordable frames, prescription, sunglasses, and eyeglasses. Get five frames sent to your home for free by going to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. Why do podcasting <laughs> ads exist in their own world I where know. the nouns are different? Get frames. Get <laughs> blooms. <laughs> like, what? They're glasses and flowers. Just get... <laughs> Yeah, but Make glasses. an online set piece. It's a website. Yeah, Create gla- a new dish. No, <laughs> glasses include <laughs> lenses, but you're only trying the frames. But the frames include lenses that are just You'll non-prescription. You'll only need the edge of the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> the part You don't the cut play. yourself on the lens. No. There's your answer. A delicious dish. <laughs> Jake Rotkin, delicious dish. No. Should we just start trying? Oh, right. Let me turn on the robot. Let's begin the trying. It's November 2nd, 2017. And this is important if true. Throttle thumbs. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Happy birthday, Jake. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah that's birthday, old news. Jake. That's old news. No, it's... Well, it's... You're wishing me in advance 363 days yeah, from now. That's true. When I turn even yes. older. No. When I, I turn into a skeleton. Happy birthday to your ghost. Your your two-day-old ghost. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Still celebrating your birthday. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, we're recording this on Halloween, which means it's recording it on Jake's birthday. Jake's it also means Halloween this episode is birthday. fucking haunted. It's true. Man, get ready for the spirit of Jake to permeate Ooh. all corners. Of this important if true. I am America's spooky sound effects record. When you were a kid and it was your birthday on Halloween, did that like mean anything? Uh, I meant that my birthday was fucking awesome. Really? And otherwise, yeah. I mean, people ask about that all the time. We're like, oh, yeah. like a holiday birthday. But it's because you're used to a like gift. A Christmas like birthday? a gift Christmas. giving birthday. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. A or a gift giving holiday yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Halloween birthdays as a kid were very good. Yeah. That makes sense because people you, haven't exhausted their gift budget because all they bought is cheap candy. Yeah. It's far enough away from other gift giving holidays that no one tries to double up. And like all that you do on Halloween anyway is hang around with your friends and do goofy stuff. Right. So it's like if, always a costume party. Like, yeah. If you're like an awkward weirdo who doesn't want to ha- like make a big deal about a regular birthday, you can still hang out with your friends. Right. Exactly. But not have the pressure of yeah. a sort of formalized birthday fet, if you will. Yeah. Also, I'm cursed. <laughs> True. I'm I'm cursed to die. You just mean eventually? Yeah, yeah. But like in my case, it's a curse, and case, not just like <laughs> and not, just, not just a biological yeah, reality, yeah. not just human existence. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's it's cool. way spookier for me. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have any actual Halloween plans? No. Yeah, I don't either. No. Old guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to go over to my friend's house who lives in a neighborhood where there are kids. Mm-hmm. And maybe like hand out some candy and watch a scary movie, just like you know, yeah. be an old person on Halloween. Sure. It's gonna be pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm actually doing something similar. You did go to that corn maze, though. I saw. I did go to a corn maze. How was that? It was a f- corn maze. I, I went to know. that corn. It was at the same one I went with you to like years ago. Yeah, I mean the yeah. maze itself is different. You can't yeah. use your same knowledge from previous mm-hmm. years of the corn maze. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's cool. Classic corn maze. Corn maze is surpri- it's surprisingly effective at being scary and a weird sensory experience. Like they do a very good job, at least of the corn maze that I went to. Yeah, uh, it's way bigger than you think that it is, and they know this because, like, the entrance they they don't have very much visible corn. They just have like shrubs and tents and stuff, so you <laughs> can't quite tell the size of it. But right. they they light they, when you're inside of it, you can't tell how big it is. Except that they they shoot light right across the top of all of the stalks of corn, so only like the top oh, like three man, or four inches of it is lit, so you can look up. And that also means that it's bright up there, so your eyes can't expose things correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's very dark. And then they have two like metal towers out in the middle of it. Oh yeah. So like when you get a third of the way through the maze, you can climb up and see that you're just in the middle oh, of man. just an infinite sea of corn. Crazy. Uh, it's really yeah, it's really intense. effective. It's a it's a good experience that I enjoy every year. Also. Who doesn't like just like shitty hometown Halloween uh, haunted entertainment? Like it's a good staple of of the world. Yeah, it's a birthday tradition. It's <laughs> yes, everyone makes me a corn maze. 
Shall we read an email? Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, you're winding up for something there. Oh, I could talk about Halloween garbage forever, but let's read an email instead in this November episode of this podcast. All right. Um, did we clarify that we're recording this on Halloween? That's why yes. we keep talking about Okay, sorry. Just making sure. Um, or are we? There's an amazing... I guess this isn't an email, but this is an amazing um, piece of information that I was not aware of that kind of blew my mind. Uh, this is a a television technology, or I guess more accurately, a television business model application of technology. So here, here's a bit from a from a news article. Twentieth Television, the distributor of How I Met Your Mother, and by the way, the yeah. fact that like Twentieth Century Fox, their television arm is Twentieth Television. Yeah, that's the. F- Do you remember that? That the, sucks. Their logo isn't like this anymore. But if you watch old Fox TV shows, Ooh. it would have the Twentieth Century Fox logo, and then just like the word television would like yeah. zoom yeah. in, yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. Paste it and over. like cover the yeah. word. Yeah, there was just a violator of the word yeah. television that would fly in over the Twentieth Century Fox logo, I just like ah, this is our cheap television yeah. arm. We couldn't even make a new good Fox logo, so it yep. just says like. <laughs> television flies in anyway 20th television was that the was that the like la cucaracha horn that's the, the, i guess it is 20th that's, television right 20th century 20th century fox is and 20th television uh, on a melodica um anyway 20th television 20th television the distributor of how i met your mother has been selling promotional sl- spots in syndicated episodes to wring even more money out of the sitcom's already rich syndication deals. Specifically, the feat is accomplished in partnership with a company, SeamBI, which stands for Seamless Brand Integration, and is responsible... <laughs> Could have could have dealt with a more Seen seamless B. name for your company, <laughs> yeah. I think. Maybe twenty television yeah. scene bi. Seam- <laughs> uh, which stands for seamless brand integration and is responsible for digitally altering old episodes with new products and brands. Ugh. Yeah, quote a gross sentence. CEO Roy Baharov calls SeamBI a quote advertising technology innovator unquote and says what they do monetize aging television shows by adding new brands and product placement into old episodes is the future. Quote what we do is we insert very efficiently brands into content in a natural way and in a way that is valuable to advertisers, he says. We find a balance between not compromising the integrity of the content and, on the other hand, bringing <laughs> a lot of value it. to the advertiser. God, just... Well, fortunately, they're not uh, mean, Meanwhile, in, C- in CMBI, an alarm goes... <laughs> content integrity uh, <laughs> compromise compromise yeah. Com- we've gone too far it's a content breach no no we're, we're fine we're still 20% off yeah, yeah. of, of uh, integrity compromise smug boost the, the brand just the early warning we can push it farther God. we can do we can go uh, this is, of course, uh, any episode of any sort of sci-fi thriller yes. TV show that CMBI has, con- uh, has has seamlessly redone to be about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. This is their B2B, their business-to-business, mm-hmm. like, meta-marketing angle. So what CMBI's this- B2B. <laughs> yeah, CMBI B2B. B2B. 2B2B2B. 2B2B2B. <laughs> so what this, I- what this actually is, in practice, is CMBI takes... Old episodes of television shows that are that are in syndicated in rerun, you know, and they digitally composite into the existing episodes ads for current products, which mainly seem to be ad f- ads for movies that are currently in theaters or on DV- or like on DVD. At least that's what they were doing when this this news was. Uh, uh, this is a few years it old. Yeah, been 2011 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and um, and so. There, you can find a ton of examples of this uh, for a number of different shows, and it's the uh, I was I was reading more about it, and apparently one of the challenges of this tech of of not the technology but of the of just executing this is that they ha- the way that they typically do it is they just insert like posters and television ads into the background of scenes of these shows but the challenge is that in order to do that they actually need 
just a flat surface or like a television or a fr- or a you know picture frame or a poster frame or right. something. But sometimes to do they it. add them. Sometimes yeah, they add a exactly. full TV into the they, background. Exactly. They often don't have that flat surface available, but they do have just screen real estate. So they will just insert an entire like flat screen television into the background that wasn't present in the original episode uh, to like they have a they have a shot of uh, how I met your mother and then there's just there's like they show there's someone has a before and after because they were confused about what was happening and there's just a character in a like a bar or something and there's just a wall behind him and then in the after shot there's just a TV like a mounted TV on the wall where there wasn't one before with I guess a commercial for that movie Country Strong so that's <laughs> so the thing that was crazy to, the thing that was like the thing that was interesting the implication that I found intriguing is what if these advertisers have multi-year deals like what if you know what if they're like all right for in season three episode seven of how i met your mother like we've bought out this prime real estate for the next decade you know for for our whatever our product is but what if other advertisers still want to get in on it do they then have to like keep putting Mm. more tvs (laughs) and like computer screens Uh, so as our world now in the real world gets worse we will be modifying old television shows to reflect to, like, our up, worst right. reality. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, they've always lived in a shitty reality full of loud <laughs> TVs blaring <laughs> at you. Every, like, old episodes of Cheers, you're like, God, they have seven HDTVs <laughs> just blaring ads every time any yeah. character's in a taxi in, like, an episode yeah. of Taxi. Oh, man. There's TV ads. Oh, no. The way that modern the New York right. taxis are with yeah. the shitty little taxi right, just, TV Watch show. Jimmy Kimmel tonight. Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel tonight. It's like, Jesus, Jimmy Kimmel was on during during the <laughs> taxis <laughs> jesus <laughs> but it still has that like low key taxi opening theme song right except that all of the shots are just like a thousand <laughs> billboards the- and like <laughs> just- <laughs> yeah the future the promised by like brazil and other kind of yeah. retro future sort of uh, science fiction realities in which every corner of your life is just crammed with TVs and that are all just horribly plugged in outside of the walls, just yeah. like mm-hmm. just grossly. Yeah, ho- hopefully, CMBI, hopefully, uh, CMBI CEO Roy Baharov keeps up with his pledge of uh, of oh, seamless integration, maintaining the integrity of the content, uh, not compromising integrity of the content by really selling this future with all of the like accoutrement and you know the every scene God. setting bit I, it's when i when i heard this story even though it's you know years old and i just heard it for the first time like in the last couple of weeks it did totally blow my mind and then i thought about the fact that it shouldn't be actually that surprising given that like yeah, sure. Did you do you remember when the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie came out? There was a big hubbub about this stuff mm-hmm. because when Spider-Man is learning his powers, like in that movie, he's like shooting web all around his room, and he eventually starts trying to like get grab a Dr Pepper can across his bedroom and get mm-hmm. it to him. Yeah, yeah. They went through like five different soda brands before settling on Dr Pepper because that's the company that bid the highest. Oh yeah, and they had to re like. They shot it with a can, and then they had to turn it into a oh, special they effect. they keep pasting that yeah. over the uh, can. Yeah. But also, like, this is super common in broadcast sports. Like, they build sports arenas now with just empty spots, I yeah. think, that are just, just like, green. Screens, just green. Yeah. Yeah. And then it matches in, which people noticed really clearly during one of the World Series games this year because a MasterCard ad, the motion matching fucked up, and it drew in front of the players. Yeah. And so it, there was just this huge, like, MasterCard black obelisk yeah. on top of the head of... Of a player about to catch a ball, and what was so fucked up about My that? My favorite player is that is that later in the evening, Mastercard posted a tweet that was like, "This was our favorite yeah, player yeah, of the yeah. series," yeah, yeah, yeah. and it had their fuck up of the Mastercard logo just mm-hmm. plastered over the actual game, like baseball, yeah. con- like game yeah. content. We did it, yeah, and they were so <laughs> pleased about it, and uh, it's so fucking weird that a brand that that. We're now in this weird sort of simultaneous reality where you can, a brand can kind of act as though it's ironically engaging in like the funny, mm-hmm. like appreciation of the funny flub. But really, all they're just doing is pl- is just putting another Mastercard ad <laughs> right. out into the world, yep. and like mm-hmm. it's it's bizarre. 
have you guys also it, man this is another thing from around i guess probably 2011 or a little earlier when uh effects companies digital effects companies reels for like digital backlot style tv production started becoming really common oh yeah there's like that video i think most of the footage was from the tv show monk which yes. is just like an innocuous show about a detective in San Francisco, yeah. <clears throat> and the uh, f- and it just looks like it's in San Francisco. But then the sure. effects company put out the video for it about how they made it, and it was just like characters on a sidewalk in Los Angeles with huge green walls everywhere. Then like the screen just like wipes four times as it shows all the layers of background shots mm. of San Francisco, and like they can motion match cameras, so like it looks like the show came out a while ago too, right? Yes, yeah, mid two thousands, I think. Yeah, where it looks like a character. You know, steps off a curb and stops for a second as like a cable car goes by, but really there's just like, and then sort of just moves on, and it's just the two actors in front of a big green wall on a back lot in Los Angeles. Uh, it's really impressive, and it's actually really cool, and makes you just yeah. think, oh wow, you could you a random person with a green screen could probably actually make something really awesome looking for very little money. But what it probably means after reading this article, all that I thought about <laughs> was every TV show that's made now probably does have the HDTVs in the background and does have the billboards in the background and they probably do just put green screens like baseball stadiums right, all over the place. Right, because then in the future it's so much yeah, easier and then to the sell first, the first time they put that show on TV, maybe that stuff is sponsored content, maybe it's just empty, but like all of the motion matching data is probably just on a server at every network TV production office. So it's like, okay, just control V the add-in and literally re-render yeah, the they're episode. Yeah, they're probably oh, putting yeah. CBI out of business. Yes. Mm. Yeah, CNBI is probably nothing because the uh, just default effects compositing to make any TV show has all of this data, and there's probably a person who just pre prepends all yeah. of this ad information in there. Man, yeah, no, man, you're right. Then you're totally fucking right about like Cheers and Taxi and stuff. That's going to be what's that's going to be the the remaining unmined that's, territory. Like, all CNBI can do is go further into the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, exactly. Where he trips over uh, like an article dot com ottoman. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you now. Uh, (laughs) This episode may one day be brought to you by Article. Actually, also, uh, dynamic ad insertion is super common in podcasts. That's true. Because it is incredibly easy because it's just audio. Yeah. Like most major podcasts that anyone listens to at this point, that stuff is totally just spliced in by the server. We're not cool enough to rate that stuff. Yeah, we don't know how to do that, but... Yeah. This episode will forever not be brought to you by Article. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Article. They sell something. <laughs> Whoa, what was that? I didn't hear anything. Hmm? Huh. Weird. Uh, you guys want to do another email? Yes. Um, Drew. Oh, hi, Drew. Writes, hey, guys. I just watched Ex Machina for the first time, knowing nothing about it other than it is a highly praised robot movie. There's an intense sequence where the main character is watching secret footage of the tech genius character doing something sinister. The music and editing made me think a dramatic reveal was afoot. I had assumed other robot ladies existed in the movie, so I was looking for something new to be revealed. When it, when it showed the guy working on various other robots, the blocking of the scene made me think the tech genius was actually dressing up as the different robots. <laughs> <laughs> My mind was blown. I thought the guy had been pretending to be a super genius creating a perfect AI when actually he's just a weirdo who traps sad employees in an Alaskan bro resort so he can seduce them as a sexy (laughs) robot lady. The concept of the Turing test the protagonist is meant to perform so he can was flipped on its head. I was in shock. Then amazed this high-profile film had such a premise, and the audience was so positive about it. I was filled with hope for the future of film, that maybe blockbusters were moving towards something strange and new. And then, <laughs> and then the sequence kept playing, and I realized he was just making more robots. Have you ever fundamentally misinterpreted a piece of fiction but enjoyed it more as a result? God, no, I love su- that so That's such so an much. amazing... And it's so email. crushing. Yeah. I mean, like that's. I mean, that seems like kind of a spoiler, but it's not because the thing that he thought it was was not. <laughs> it's not. It's not it. what it's it's not, yeah, it's just, yeah. God, but the idea of the Oscar oh. Isaac character in that film, like that, the whole deal is that yeah. he just amazingly dresses up <laughs> as a bunch of different robot women so yeah. that he can just mess with the guy. Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And I well, in that movie, with like the way that the like that movie is staged, like I can fully understand why yeah, it's, he would... it's blocked in that really like yeah. kind of enigmatic uh-huh. way where there's like and he's never the around moves like behind yeah you never see them both in the same place. Isaac is yeah. never there when he's speaking to the robot, so he just sort of right. like conveniently disappears, and then this robot comes out. Right. It's like it's perfect. Yeah, 
Oh, I, I, this is this email is crushing to me. Yeah, because I because I can so powerfully empathize with this <laughs> with this reader and the crushing disappointment yeah. they must have felt when they when they realized that this mind-blowingly God. ridiculous scenario that they thought was being played totally straight was was not one star not amazon be. review yeah. i thought he was the sexy <laughs> robot was why wasn't he dressing up as the robots yeah. <laughs> that's what i thought was going to happen yeah. and that's obviously better it should have happened <laughs> uh i'm going to talk about the usual suspects for a second <laughs> okay uh a friend of mine in high school. I mean, the Usual Suspects. I'm going to talk about the end of the Usual Suspects for a second. Everyone knows the end of the I Usual Suspects. I think this is actually the 20th anniversary year of the Usual Suspects. Nope. I okay, think good. That movie came out in '97. In honor of Mm-mm. the Usual Suspects' 20th anniversary, no. I will tell the story of you are my friend's very good misinterpretation of the Usual Suspects. Okay. Um, we all know the general plot of the Usual Suspects, right? Uh, I mean, I I do. Yeah. You know, at the end of it, the person who is the informant walks out of the police station, and then uh, it's yeah, this re- person who's been spinning a tale to the police, yeah, where, for the entire film about he, like, like this he, complicated he heist, always or whatever like it was. walks with a limp and sort of like a crumpled, like has a sort of hunched over form, uh, and then he leaves, and it's revealed that was all the character he was playing. He's actually the bad guy, whatever. Yeah, he straightens yeah. out his posture, and and then like confidently gets into a car and yeah. drives away. Uh, my friend in high school, when he watched the end of this movie, had like was overcome with emotion because this character, by telling his story and getting it off his chest, was healed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Yes. Oh my god. Oh uh, yeah. Wow. He was like just missed the eye and was like, oh, it's so great. That's a good. <laughs> and I was like, well, are you what? Are you what? <laughs> and then he was like, Wah, what? What? He's he, that was the guy. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, but he was like, oh, he was just having s- such that's an so emotional good. reaction. Oh, oh my God. That's, yeah. that's, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. That See, once again, really nice. once yeah. again, yeah. I hear that story and I'm just, I am crushed. I am, I am, I crump. I'm just like, oh, it kills me that your friend then had to be brought back down to earth yeah, I'm like, with this. No, that's, that's a different movie. <laughs> you that thought you he saw. was watching the fucking Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How old? Like, re edit that like scene 17 now. when that movie? Yeah, came and he's out? a few years younger than me. Okay, so he's like a, he was like a freshman yeah. in high school, probably or God, something. That's so good. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh man, that reminds me of uh, that reminds me. He of, was a very gullible friend. He was the he was the person who like when we're at like eating a, a very at, gullible friend. Yeah, when we're like at a fast food restaurant, basically every single time you could say that there's like a really sick sports car going through the drive-thru and he would just go what and look at it and then people would just eat his food like every time um, not because he was stupid he was actually an incredibly smart and capable person he just wanted to see yeah. the good he, he was good natured and trusting world. and then he would yeah. turn around and think it was hilarious that he got fooled again every single time wow. like he never was annoyed by it he's wow. like actually a great person yeah. and uh, I feel slightly bad for doing that to him except that now I still do it to him? Yes. Who is the? Do I know this person? Uh, no, he's my okay. friend Sebastian. Okay, yeah. Wow, man. So I mean, I guess that's fine. Yeah. I guess I don't. I guess this person doesn't need my sympathy. No. 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 Oh. He li- knows that he life. knows that he is how he is, and he's made peace with it, and yeah. he's entertained by it. That's great. And man, he's a happy that's really adult. Good. Yeah. That's very very good. Uh, that 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 interpretation of the usual suspect <laughs> reminds me of. Um, the interpretation that uh, my wife Sarah had as a child watching Beauty and the Beast, which was a movie that she loved, uh, except that <laughs> at the end. So pretty sure I'm not spoiling Beauty and the Beast here. Uh, the you know the Beast was a prince who was cursed to be a a beastly creature and a beast, uh, if you will, a beast, <laughs> if you will, and by fulfilling the you know condition of this curse by falling in love with a human woman he is transformed back into his princely self at the end of the film and the the two characters live happily ever after so that's what happens in that movie i think self-evidently to everybody but uh sarah as as a as a young child uh loved everything about that movie until the point when the beast disappears and some random human guy <laughs> suddenly comes in and immediately falls in love with Belle and then they oh, live man. happily forever after and she was furious and distraught that the beast 
whom she had grown to like love and empathize with over the course of the movie is magically disappears and is banished forever. <laughs> and and that's that, the best. That's justifiable though, because that human prince in Beauty and the Beast sucks. Like just he sucks. Yeah. That's true. I mean that's why he was transformed in the first place. Yeah, to but I mean like just yeah, just some just schmo shows up. It's mm-hmm. true. I I think m- the majority of people who watch Beauty and the Beast when the Beast transforms into just like that guy yeah. go. Yeah. Mm, I mean, mm. it's it's true. It's a Except sci- it does, <laughs> so, but Sarah justifies it. That can't be the same guy. That's some <laughs> shithead who's just marching in and f- ruining the movie. Yeah. No. I mean, to your to your point and to her, to like I guess to sort of the reason the reasons that she was led to her that to that misunderstanding, it does really kind of undermine a lot of the point of the movie it's kind of like yeah. well I don't know if it does or not I don't really know what the point of that movie is I guess in general uh, it is weird to watch that as an adult and it's like man there's I guess like a Stockholm relationship being implied I mean I, that's yeah. not like a new observation but it's we, we watch like we watched some of the live action one and it's way more f- fucked up in my brain watching that one I don't know about anyone else but uh <laughs> There's just some weird like implications in that film. You can look around the internet and find those implications teased out, Chris. You can see what <laughs> any any true. questions you have I about Beauty and the Beast <laughs> have been answered. I feel chastised for thinking about this, and I don't desire to think about it any longer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, should we take a break? Yeah. Why not? Oh, okay. All right. Why not? Hi, Jake. Hey. Got any candy? <laughs> uh. I mean, not for you. That was a really creepy thing to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. <laughs> no. Well, stranger. For yourself only? Yeah. I mean, it was Halloween. Are your teeth all gross now? Oh, yeah. Yeah? For sure. Well, I have exactly what you need. This is the creepiest <laughs> situation. <laughs> if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get a Quip electric toothbrush with $10 off your first brush head refill. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Far more interesting than when you said, hey, kid, do you have any candy? (laughs) Hey, kid, got any candy? Got any candy? Because I've got toothbrushes for you. (laughs) That's actually pretty fucked up, too. Coercively, like, enrolling a child in a recurring payment plan (laughs) for brush heads. If they started getting that to their house... Yeah, kids ask your parents' permission before you get quip uh, toothbrushes. If you're 13 or under, please get your parents' permission before going to tryquip.com slash thumbs for $10 off your first brush head refill. But still do it. I mean, get their permission by whatever means necessary. Get that nice toothbrush and get that Halloween nastiness out of your mouth Mm -hmm. and leave only the clean... Sort of aesthetic nastiness that is mm-hmm. the inside, like human teeth. Yeah, that Halloween clean. Yeah. That ween clean. Mm. Mm-hmm. New ad time. Let's go. <laughs> Triquip.com <laughs> slash thumbs. Hey, Jake. <laughs> hey, Chris. Got any candy? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do. Is it like small, fun-sized candy? I, I guess in the... It's 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 technically called fun size sometimes, but I don't want to tell you that that's what I have. But it's small. Yeah. So the nutrition facts are probably like pretty tough to read because they have to squeeze them down. On <laughs> yeah, the they're like they're pretty small. Yeah? yeah, I have exactly what you need. Oh wow! If you go to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs, you can get five frames to try out different styles of prescription eyeglasses. <laughs> So you can more easily read those tiny little nutrition facts right. on your fun-sized Halloween candy. Well, what if I, like, I need glasses, uh, but what if I don't want to know how bad the candy is for me? Can I just try try the frames with, like, the blank uh, prescription-free lenses? Oh, totally, yeah. WarbyParkerTrial.com slash thumbs. I get the style, but then I don't have to be able to yeah. see. They'll send you those frames with no prescription lenses in them, just blank glass, and you can just look cool for five days. Until you decide, you can wait for God, five days so until cool. you've eaten all your Halloween candy. Yeah, I could look really cool with some stylish yeah. uh, frames, some stylish glasses, eat all that candy, and then when the candy is gone, I can tell them my actual prescription, exactly. and they can send me the glasses yeah. I like, uh-huh. and I'll be none the wiser, other than the fact that I'm just like a f- sad <laughs> who doesn't uh, want to move around anymore. And then you've got 360 days. To enjoy those prescription lenses. Until Halloween, until Halloween comes, comes again, comes and again. then I'm shocked 
yeah. now that I can see them. Yeah, then that's that's a shame. Uh, WarbyParkerTrial.com slash thumbs to get your home try-on five frames for your prescription sunglasses or eyeglasses. This episode is brought to you by Halloween. A spooky time in the past. Ooh, <laughs> podcast. Ugh. All right, are we back? Oh, yeah. Yes. I heard that yeah. we were, and you've confirmed it. Mm. We have an email from Alex. Oh, hi, Alex. Alex writes, Alex can't respond. Uh, As a child of television, I had some expectations about how adulthood would be based on what I watched on my favorite shows, in particular how dating worked. Uh, When I was a young teen, I thought being an adult was dating a new person every week, and it was perfectly reasonable to break up with someone over the smallest indiscretion. I watched a lot of Seinfeld. (laughs) Shocker, being an adult didn't play out that way. And I think I am more of a catch than George Costanza. Further, to be more raw, I quickly learned as an adult you can't actively deceive someone for an extended period of time and make good with an apology to wipe the slate clean, as I learned from schlubby dad sitcoms. Did you ever have expectations about life informed by mainstream television programming? Has Nick ever thought it was okay to be on a date where someone is feeding him answers through an earpiece? <laughs> Thanks for the show. I recommend it to anyone who listens. Although I recognize that this email implies I cannot function socially and thus have no friends. <laughs> Regards, Alex. I feel like I was strongly misinformed about what college would be like from television and mm. I didn't like I didn't actually internalize any of it in any meaningful ways but man are you told as a human being that what college is going to be is either people like you for your brain which is a fucked up thing to tell people because what people actually like you for is just being a, a human right and mm. not because you're like a smart nerd that was like the advice yeah. all nerd characters got and yeah, also that you're gonna true. be fucking partying all the time and have a lot of friends none of those things were true <laughs> no. I was just miserable yeah god damn it yeah like the, lied to <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true you, there's sort of you go th- I guess kind of at least American pop culture, which is, I, I suppose, mainly what I can speak to, it does it go through sort of um, age range, like intelligence prejudices. I guess, I guess, intelligence is generally portrayed as positive, but it sort of dips into pockets where if you're too much of a nerd, you're <laughs> like ostracized and socially awkward. But then the lesson is usually that ultimately. You will. It you'll will be serve you. Well. You'll be rewarded. Yeah. For yeah. It. yeah. I, I never it's like, like across to bear. Then. I never yeah. took yeah. that stuff it's to just... heart enough that I actually like <clears throat> optimized for and expected it. But it was more like when I showed up in like college right. or like a job, I just went, "Why were these the things that anyone ever said?" When what actually <laughs> happened is just life continues the way you would actually expect it. Like that was more like just where do these stories even come from? Is the yeah. question mm-hmm. that I would ask myself when sort of hitting those various life thresholds instead of it wasn't like oh i can't yeah you know but did it feel to you though like starting from high school on basically did it feel to you though that there was sort of just out like outside of your peripheral vision another class of student who is just like Mm. secretly having that life in parallel because that always felt that way to me. It felt that way in high school. I mean, I, I went to public school up until high school, and then uh, basically because I was miserable and beat up all the time in junior high, uh, my parents let me go to a small mm. Catholic school. And that felt like there was a shadow culture that existed in that school that was completely At alien to me. school? Yeah, because it was like, oh. these are kids who have known each other, mm. like 30 to 60 kids oh, in my yeah. class who had known each other since the Catholic oh, elementary school. And yeah, they that's, all that's were a very different like thing. a multi-generational yeah. families who had been to this school. And it was like, there yeah. were surely just, and then I found out later, there was just like, there was just a group of kids who were like, in sports, cheerleading, drinking, having sex right. at huge parties. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I sort of just feel the tendrils of it yeah, sneaking yeah, yeah. in. Were they, mm-hmm. Was it was it like a skull and bones situation? No, they was were it just like a, a secret society, or just they were just cool. They were just a bunch of moderately more well off kids whose families had been in the town for yeah. a while, yeah, who all knew each other, yeah. And yeah. it was just like, oh, well, but all then hearing about it later, I was like, oh, that actually sounds awful. Also, <laughs> so that was nice. But um, yeah, I mean, I went to a three thousand student public school, yeah, and there was uh, still that. That was still yeah. yeah also just present for sure. I imagine that your life was exactly like the life as depicted in the TV show Veronica Mars. 
which I think was actually <laughs> set in like a big San Diego high school. Oh yeah, modeled I think actually after the school you went to. Really? Yeah, it wasn't. Um, so I imagine that you were like, that. I imagine that there were all sorts of I- incredible socioeconomic rumbles that resulted in murders that were solved by precocious <laughs> teens. No, the thing that's actually a bummer about it is that- <laughs> No murders and no teenage well, noir no, investigators. Well, no, the thing that actually sucked is that multiple kids died every year, but it was always, always, always in drunk driving accidents. Mm-hmm. Like just, you. I mean, it's like a bummer to say, but like that every, or every year- there were like sprinkled throughout the year, usually after like homecoming or prom or something. Yep. Uh, there were students who died in drunk. So fucking don't do that if you're a human of any age, I guess. Uh, but no, the thing that's like also more of a bummer, man, what, what bummer answers I'm giving was that the <laughs> socioeconomic divisions in my high school, I probably a lot of high schools were just rigid. I mean, they were just like, it was like a caste system, but yeah. not in the sense that like one group tormented another group or anything they just literally they never did interacted not interact yeah. they did not it was <clears throat> crazy yep i mean i also it, went it to like a six thousand kid high school and yeah. it, it was i went to like a fifty thousand kid <laughs> high school <laughs> i mean i mean i think i went to like one of the largest high schools in the country and it's yeah. it, it was like you had every biggest school great school <laughs> yeah yeah huge uh it, it it was exactly the same way like they, i mean it did have all of the sort of like cliche groups yeah, from like yeah, saved yeah, by yeah. the mine, bell mine or too. whatever yeah 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 but, like, yeah, they didn't, like, meet up in the middle of the hall and just, like, oh. you know, like, pick oh. on each other or fight oh, or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it We was... definitely met up in the middle of the hall. Well. Guess which group I was part of. We hung out in the English class <laughs> yeah. hallway, yeah. and I was on the academic team. Uh, so, yeah. uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just imagine. Yep. Although, I will say that my my high school trajectory went through weird, weird arcs. I sort of, I, I, I ended up being sort of, like upwardly mobile mm. in in my high school like mm-hmm. cast system when i stopped like being as good at classes <laughs> I, stop I, caring well, man I remember so I, you like, like just lived it... the stupid freaks and geeks protagonist arc are I you kidding me did you did you like. did you close it out by going to a grateful dead concert <laughs> uh, but I, I remember not being able to make it back onto the academic team one year mm, and being really mm-hmm. bummed about it. And it yeah. sort of just like changed a lot of my trajectory in high school in a weird way. And then I ended up running for student body. Um, and it I was, was going to joke that you did that. Okay. No, I totally did that. <laughs> I, I, actually, it was only because my friend, one of those people who is super into like school spirit and like, mm-hmm. let's, you know, like super enthusiastic, always has plans for everything. And, you know, plans will we'll plan a party out months in advance and then has a million expectations for exactly how it's going to go. And then we'll be like crushingly disappointed if it doesn't turn out. It, I haven't talked to her in years, but like very positive person, but would have like amazing expectations for everything working out and uh, she was like I'm going to run for this and you should run for office with me and I'm like I definitely am not going to do that Uh, and she's like no totally it'll be fun like we'll run together and it'll be fun and I'm like okay I guess so I ran for academic commissioner of the associated student you weren't even allowed on the academic (laughs) committee (laughs) yeah but (laughs) yeah but you know this inexperienced did you win the hearts of the school with your populist ways yeah yeah i did actually oh i know this story yeah so i ran against oh this is completely a sitcom episode this is completely (laughs) saved by the bells this is this is the person so you i mean i it's true i didn't make it back onto the academic team but so so maybe my credentials were conceivably in doubt except that the person i was running against was bryce the the literally the quarterback of the varsity football team so you could say this idiot well i mean no it was more it was more that I (laughs) i was more that i picked that one to run for because i was like this is I'm So I, you said if I run I will run as a Republican because they will vote for anything or whatever you said. <laughs> no, no, I was you just said like, that, that that whatever that stupid Donald uh, Trump quote is, whether it's I, real or not. I don't know. I, I was like, no, I'm just gonna i I'm gonna throw this in the toilet. <laughs> like I'm like I'm just gonna run against literally I mean he was Okay, like, oh so this was this was the opposite of calculated kid in the school. No, it was completely calculated because I'm like, well I just I'll just run for something. I'll just run to make my to like 
give my friend a no, boost. No, yeah, yeah, like, sorry. This was completely gonna, not calculated to win. It was you, you, you basically the producers to yourself. Throw it away. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like. I see. Because he had posters all over the school. He, he was, and the thing is, he was legitimately a super nice guy. It wasn't even like he was the 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 football quarterback who was like a jerk. jerk yeah. He was uh, like a nice, intelligent person who was also just like a tall, ripped. Dude, he was, it was cartoonish how just like optimal of a high school archetype this person was. Um, And so I'm like, okay, well, this is hilarious. I will just not do anything for this. So I didn't put up any posters, which was, you know, how people marketed and marketed themselves for ASB office in high school. And he had shit all over the school and it was a totally um, absurd comparison. And then, at least at our high school, the way it worked was we we had an election convention the day before, maybe a couple days before. Mm -hmm. um, uh, To confirm the the primary nominee uh, and then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I mean, anyone running could be part of the convention. Yeah. But but it was, there was sort of an infrastructure around it because every class, so it was held during a period, it was like second period. It was the, the class before lunch was when the convention was held. And every class uh, had was able to elect I think two delegates to the convention um, and uh, which I think happened a week before the convention every like second period Tuesday or whatever class elected delegates which was always of course just the two most popular kids in that group of students and so the convention then took place during class and was all of us running for office on the stage and then on the on the bleachers were all the delegates who were sitting out from class and then we had to go up there and uh, each of us individually be like okay and here are the candidates for academic commissioner and there were only you know some of them there were a bunch of people running some of them in in our case there were only two running for academic commissioner just me and Bryce and the night I had not prepared anything for this because I was like I'm throwing this I'm not doing anything this is a lost cause uh, but the night before, I remember I started doing this at 10 p.m. the night before. I just had like a stupid idea. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put together something really dumb. And I I found, I, do- I went on the internet and I downloaded a copy of the 1812 Overture, which if you know it is the piece of music that's like, and it's got, those are cannonballs. Traditionally, it's performed with actual cannon in the, in the you know, orchestra hall. And and I wrote a sort of rousing populist speech about a new world order that I like rehearsed in my bedroom at you know 10 11 o'clock at night where a young Stephen Miller uh, just like, where I what? timed or I timed all of the like big applause lines to uh-huh. like the cymbal crashes and the and the uh, and the cannonball fire so I would be like and Jeez. we are going to establish a new like I think I ended up by saying like and it, this will be the new Remo order like taking back our school and like showing this this school administration who's really in charge and it was but just, that doesn't, it meant nothing it surely. meant literally yeah, nothing I yeah. had no policies or <laughs> like pledges to the mm-hmm. student body and I, I just had this huge rousing speech which all with all of these you know applause lines and it was timed to the, to the music and, the really <laughs> and I'm just like this will just be a funny thing to do like it'll just be like a dumb, I'll just mm-hmm. use my opportunity to stand in front of you know, hundreds of kids and much of the faculty and just, you know, do something ridiculous. And it was such a, it really was an intensely powerful feeling experience, orchestra and cannonballs, cymbals, and the place went fucking nuts. The place went absolutely shithouse. I, it was... <laughs> this is really gross. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Just finish your story and then, and then we'll get to the message. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I, I got a standing ovation that lasted for a very long time. And for, like, weeks after that, people would just... I, I mean, I, fu- I fucking destroyed him in the election, by the way. It was not. It was... It was not close. It was Biggest a, lead ever. Mm-hmm. Well, because people went back to like the delegate. To the, <laughs> you never let him forget it. <laughs> the delegate system was like people literally went back to their classes and were just like, this kid did this outrageous thing. 
and uh, and I did that in my junior year. And I remember my final like year and a half of high school was completely different to my first two and a half years. It just like everything flipped. I, at I, have, that a, point. I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, given the high that you rode from that speech and the way everyone high fived you and stuff. How did it feel to have to actually be the chair of the academic committee? Did you just wish? <laughs> did you just wish that you could keep campaigning instead? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say yes to that. You're gonna defer to your uh, to yeah. your opponent. <laughs> yeah, I think I just stopped going to ASB meetings eventually. <laughs> oh, good, yeah. good. So good. you, uh-huh. oh, I don't know. I don't want to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of surprise that you have felt over the last year. Uh, you are the person least uh, allowed to be surprised by any of this. It turns out I was in high school. I was. I, I mean, I like. How old was I? I was. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> give me a fucking break. You know what's weird in sitcoms? No one says goodbye on the phone, but everyone in real life says goodbye on the phone. That's a really surprising thing that a lot of people learn uh, that sitcoms aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, I had to eject out of that subject as. as, as <laughs> Rapidly as I could, it is actually genuinely true. Every like in the early two thousands, when I first started meeting people online, yeah, uh, like in real life, like friends that I met on the internet who weren't from America, they always asked, or many of them asked, or like would see me on the phone and mm-hmm. say bye, see ya, and hang up and be like, "Whoa, I thought Americans didn't say goodbye." On wow, the, on really? the phone. Wow, because in sitcoms, huh. no one ever does. Yeah, They're like, yeah. "Sounds good." Not just in sitcoms, I would say in, in dramatic works even more so. No mm. one says goodbye. No one says goodbye on, anywhere in television yeah. or movies. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I uh, that I was that was my real answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, at the end of that speech, I didn't say goodbye either. Yeah, yeah. just just hung up the phone <laughs> on our future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how that, how did we? T- I thought a sitcom. I, was, I don't even know. How uh, yeah, I don't even know. We're talking about your life being a sitcom. That's a that's a that's a pointed political drama. It turns yeah. out. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if now there's a person who is learning completely bizarre, horrible life lessons. Um, like, uh, there are. What oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, uh, no. yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> I meant more specifically. Meant listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there's no new information conveyed to this podcast. <laughs> um, what were you gonna say? Yeah. What? what? Yeah. What? Say? I don't know. Oh. Oh. Just we have. Um, in this episode, we've talked about uh, television shows that are whose contents are completely untrustworthy because their integrity has been compromised. Yeah, and then we also oh, yeah. talked about people who watch TV shows and glean completely insane, uh, inaccurate things, and then people who internalize the life lessons of those things. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, people uh, just. I, God, I was going to say that they would misinterpret all of the things we've talked about, but no. What we've actually described is all of these things somehow resulting in inadvertently accurately portraying the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. I guess. I guess the takeaway, if you if you are this this person who takes to heart misinterpreted, altered versions of reality, is just yeah. oh, I guess the world has always been bad. <laughs> yeah. This tracks with my yeah. That's the that's the most fucked up takeaway. Right. Is the is Boy. the kid who grows up with all this stuff and says, ah, I was taught precisely how to navigate the world and understand its meaning. That's actually really depressing to think. Like if you're like, oh, even back in the time of Taxi or I Love Lucy or yeah. whatever, they were just excited about oh, the movie that comes out this week, and they were just yeah, they <laughs> yeah right. Actually, you don't internalize it as product plays, but they they were just really accustomed to seeing this everywhere and yeah. being really pleased yeah. about it. Yeah, everyone, especially when it's like. A remake of a film from the seventies that is just called the same. T- it's right, the same yeah, title. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. they really uh, like the thing. I, I thought it was then. like, oh, weird. Man, this episode of Rhoda, they're <laughs> really stoked for Thor Rangarok. <laughs> I guess these Marvel properties really are timeless. Yeah, they, this must be a re- this must be a reboot of the one from nineteen seventy five. Chris Hemsworth really hasn't aged over the last <laughs> million years. <laughs> I mean, he is a, he is Thor. <laughs> yes. So, shall we endorse? Sure. All right. Uh, Nick. Uh-huh. Why don't you endorse? Okay. I, I'm. Uh, it's getting cold in San Francisco. It is. It suddenly it's getting has abnormally cold in the last chilly. couple days. Yeah. And um, I was digging through my uh, drawer, uh, my uh, my dresser drawer, and I found 
these socks that were gifted to me by my parents on Christmas. You know, when your parents just give you like a scarf yeah, yeah, yeah. or like some socks yeah, and you yeah, just yeah. go like, I'm never going to wear it. Yeah, these. the kind, of, you, the kind of gift that starts off mm-hmm. and you're, the older you get, the yeah. less terrible oh and the more... A totally worthwhile gift. These, them. yeah. Normally, yes. If they buy you an item of clothing now, I'm 32, I'm happy. But yeah. uh, these were pretty outrageous. They were like multicolored You're 32? Slippers, When's your birthday? Uh, in a month. In oh, this, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but they were sort of the, they were kind of the wacky like stocking stuffer thing of just like, these are Did sort of like slipper socks with like, oh. with the, they're like tie dye colored, like goofy colors. Just okay. like something that I'm just sure. like not going to wear right. probably. Yeah. But I found them. I was like, I'll give these a shot. Yeah. They're so nice. They're, oh, they're like, they're not just socks. They're also, they're kind of a, <laughs> they're not just, <laughs> they're not socks. just socks. They're, they're, yeah, they're like cut black and white photograph uh-huh. of Nick trying to put on regular socks <laughs> and like yeah, yeah, falling over, over into and, the bureau and yep. knocking over all your bookshelves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're like a sock slipper combo. They are these socks that kind of go like halfway up your calf and then they're, they're very warm and, and comfortable, but also they have like a grip on the bottom. <laughs> Uh, that's like it's like a rubber okay. like track in the way that like a like shoe. Twenty years too early with this. Yeah, age wise for this. Yeah, keep, no. Keep, keep going. Well, all right. So just, I'm going to be just done in now. But they're called polar feet, and uh-huh. they're they're real. I had to ask my mom what they were. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're they're actually really really nice because uh-huh. when you're just like in the kitchen and it's sure. like slippery, oh, it's yeah, nice to yeah, have yeah, a yeah. little grip on the bottom of your of your like slipper socks when it's cold. See, I can I can get into I can see I could totally actually get into this because so so my wife loves wearing slippers around mm-hmm. like we just like, collect slippers from hotels yeah. that we ever stay in just to always have a sort of free supply of yep. um of slippers and she wears them all the time and i have like a couple times mm-hmm. tried to get into slippers but i just don't, like i just don't care enough to do it like i just don't i just don't give a shit i'll just walk I, around yeah i like the idea and of slippers so, but they exa- always they're always yeah, under the bed not, and exa- they're always just, just kind of fuck it. it yeah um and so this if you just put those on once, then you never have to think about it or worry about it. Yeah, that's that's uh, never change your socks again. Yeah. <laughs> so they're called polar feet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll look into this. I'll put All it right. in the in the thing. Um, I will. I will endorse. I Chris will endorse something. I'm. This is a. This is going to. Uh, to some people, maybe be a new thing. Probably to a lot of people, be something they definitely already are aware of. But in my case, it's something I rediscovered, and it is the online service and app Instapaper. Uh, oh, classic! Yeah, um, yeah. I um, there's another thing actually that I have mentioned Sarah a few times this episode, but uh, she she is an avid Instapaper user. And what Instapaper is is a it's a service that it it is a website, but also an app you can put on your phone and a sort of extension to on your browser or and your uh, you know your your phone. I, I assume equally on iPhone and Android. And the way it works is. If you're on any sort of article, or I guess theoretically any any content on the internet, but I I use it for articles, you can press the inst- the Instapaper uh, button on your browser extension or your phone thing, and it just squirrels that away onto your Instapaper account, where it actually downloads it. It will it can download it locally, for example, on your phone onto your actual device. So. When you go into your Instapaper account and click on that article, uh, it loads up a very clean, streamlined version of the article that is locally cached. So even if you don't have internet access, you can pull it up, um, and it just records all of the links that you've sent to Instapaper, and you can just access them at any time. There may well be other functionality this service has, but that, that's, that's really what I, Yeah, that's the main thing, and that's what I use it for. And I, I had sort of forgotten that this app existed um, as things like Twitter became my, at least for me, my primary method of sort of starting out, starting on the internet and then branching out to things people link to. That sort of became, has become my de facto uh, way of aggregating content. But the thing that I realized about this when I, I saw her using it and said, oh, you know what, I should install that again. I haven't used it in a long time. Turns out I haven't used it since 2011, which I know because all the articles that were on my Instapaper account still were all from 2011. And I've gotten back into using it over the last week, and it's been great because what it has reminded me of is that most of what I'm doing on my phone most of the time, if there isn't something specific I'm doing, is just bol- like clicking around doing nothing. It's just a total waste of time, uh, which is you know fine in moderation. 
but having always having a list of articles that the me in the past has filed away it's like a it's like a nudge to my future self to be like hey here's something that's probably actually at least somewhat interesting and informative that you could spend your time on you know if i'm on the subway and i'm going through a tunnel and i don't have internet access or even if i do i can just load up something that i've you know secreted away to myself from past me who was more ambitious about how i was going to spend my time and it's just a very low friction way for me to keep up with all the stuff that i meant to read uh, and it, it estimates how long it'll take to read each article based on the word count, uh, which is handy. You can sort of tailor. It's just a it's just a very clean, simple service that I apologize if you already know about this, like t- millions of people already do. Uh, but even if you did and you haven't used it again, give it a shot. Instapaper. It is a nice sort of counterweight to um, the way the Internet encourages you to use it. Also, it's nice in the age of terrible mobile websites, which are, which have just become increasingly yep. awful. So Instapaper. I think Instapaper is now uh, operated and maintained by someone else, but it was created by Marco Arment, who created the podcast, right. who created the podcast app Overcast, which yeah. is a great app. Oh. And also, he was one of the like early engineers at Tumblr. That's right. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Overcast is is my preferred. Uh, so you love Marco Arment software? I guess I do. Uh, Jake, what is your endorsement? So. I would like to also endorse a piece of computer software or a couple pieces of computer software. Um, what I would like to endorse is a piece of computer software called FaceRig. Oh, oh man, nice. Uh, if y- FaceRig is a really simple uh, facial capture and like animation tool. It basically like takes your face from a webcam, like just any webcam, the camera on your laptop or whatever, uh, and uses a bunch of really high-tech facial recognition stuff to be able to detect where your mouth, nose, eyebrows, and head are, and then it yeah. maps it onto a 3D character, uh, many of which are just already inside of that app, uh, or that piece of software. And you can just puppet a gross, like... like uh, a fox. A, or like a, like a, a fox or a, or like, or a yeah. fucking doge, or the heavy from the video game Team Fortress 2, or an anime, uh, and it just, you can replace your webcam with this. Uh, if you are in an office that regularly does webcam-based communication, <laughs> yeah. uh, such as mine, I highly recommend downloading and installing FaceRig and just showing up uh, on a conference call as a crappy anime character. Alternatively, um, the streaming program XSplit, which is what we use to record all of our Idle Thumbs episodes, is uh, it also registers itself as a webcam that you can use in Google Hangouts or Zoom or or Skype or whatever. Yeah, and it's another like it has green screening opportunities. You can dupe yourself. Uh, you can do all sorts of horrible things to your video image. I just highly recommend using FaceRig or XSplit or any program <laughs> that allows you to unexpectedly manipulate your webcam presence and then appear in a semi-professional environment uh, in this new form. Right. It gets good results, and also it makes you hate the perfunctory, like, work-required webcam use less. <laughs> um, yeah, at our office, we've gotten in some very good, like, webcam wars between people mm-hmm. green-screening each other into each other's video, and then also suddenly a, th- like, 3D dog smoking a cigar appears uh it's yeah it's, that's the all face is it face cam is what it's called face rig face rig face rig, yeah the for being really affordable consumer grade software the uh facial recognition and motion tracking is shockingly good yeah, yeah. it's very expressive like you can when you smile or frown it is replicated in the 3d character with a shocking degree of convincing yeah this this tech is becoming increasingly normal i mean like there's yeah, there's like yeah the, this, the yeah. iphone 10 has that 3d emoji thing god 3d emoji thing erase my life what is that it's the, it's mean? basically that tech but they've oh. applied it to all of the emojis so oh, you can no. <laughs> so you can like load up the alien the face or the poo and, and then, then make it go like hey i'm mad now emoji. i'm weird yeah like yeah. you can you can animate the poo and then send the animated right. poo to someone make your own emoji movie what's even the point of the emoji movie yeah mm. i mean you're the star of the emoji movie why do we need the emoji movie now that i can animate the poo with my own face yeah uh i do not endorse animating the poo with your own face but i do endorse face rig and xsplit all right uh to sabotage spice up your your uh yeah autonomatronic um office office remote working experience work soul sucking experience yeah all right cool well that is our episode of important if true for (laughs) uh this um just post halloween 
time. Um, thank you for listening. If you like this show, please, please consider telling a friend, spreading the word on social media. We should have a hashtag, you guys. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we, Chris? Hashtag nope. Yeah, we should. Um, uh, well, maybe I'll think about that and propose one next week then. Um, but anyway, <laughs> please do tell people about this podcast, whether it is uh, personally or uh, through your influencing channels. <clears throat> it means a lot to us, and it is really the, the only way we have to spread the word. Uh, our website is importantiftrue.com, and there you can find all the places that we reside on the Internet. If you need our advice, if you have a problem that needs solving um, – Anything of that nature, you can send us questions to questions at importantiftrue.com and we will do our best. Uh, if you like the show and you would like an ad free version, you can find that at patreon.com slash idle thumbs. Wow. Where, appropriately enough, as of this week, we are also re- starting to release ad free uh, episodes of our video game podcast, Idle Thumbs. Uh, so that will be there on the uh, available to Patreon patrons as well. All right. Well, I think that's it. Um, For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. We will be back next week. Stay spicy. Hashtag Hashtag stay stay spicy. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God we both knew. Oh, yeah. I was waiting.